Hello. I'm pulling myself together here. How are we doing? Okay, cool. Hold on. My mom will kill me if I don't record this. She literally... We do love our moms. Hi, mom. Ooh, that'll be fun. Everybody cheer so my mom can listen to it later. Okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. Oh, my mom is for sure coming next year. Oh my gosh, the hospitality queen herself. Um, okay. Like Jeff said, my name is Chloe, and I need to find my place. That's okay, I'll find it. Oh, oh, found it. Found it. Okay. Um, I'm Chloe, and actually, can I just pray really quick? Okay. Jesus, we love you. Um, Holy Spirit, have your way. Please use me as a vessel. I am nothing without you, Lord. Um, I just pray that you would soften our hearts, that you would put our spirits at attention for what you want to do and what you want to say, um, and that we just be ready to receive, myself included. Amen. Okay. Um, a little bit about me. I... Originally was born in Chicago and then moved to Texas. Texas. Yeah. Um, and then now I live in Arkansas. Yeah, no, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. It, it has its perks. We're the natural state. We have birds and, and what do they call it? Fauna and trees. So we, we got a lot going for us. Deer that you hit all the time. It's great. Um, anyways, so I live in Arkansas. Um, my, I am about to get married. My wonderful fiance has commissioned me to be here at commission camp. Bless his heart because he's doing all of the last minute wedding planning by himself. Um, but I grew up in a single parent home, just me and my mom. And I remember... I feel like when you have something wrong with you, all you can see is what's wrong with you and everybody else seems to have like the perfect everything. And I remember that's how I felt. I'm like, I'm in this single parent home and everybody else has like both parents and they have to be like super happy and they have all these siblings. It's like me and my mom, I'm the only child. I'm my own best friend. I'm like, oh, this sucks. And I remember that's how I lived so much of my life, thinking that I had the biggest hole in my life, the biggest hole in my family. And I remember it even hitting my heart and hitting my spirit where I was like, man, if, if my dad didn't stay, if my dad didn't love me, I had this crazy vendetta against my mom. I was like, just wait, you're going to leave me too. I am like putting up walls against her because I built this image in my mind that because my dad didn't stay, nobody was going to stay. And so then that trickled into my friendships. I had the hardest time like making friends. I always kept everybody at a distance. Like the vulnerability that we talk about, I'm like, no, I don't want to be vulnerable, especially for my people who grew up in a big city. Your, your business is your business. It's not everybody else's business. It's yours. And so then I'm like, 
don't talk to strangers, stranger danger. Like it was just all of this mess that led to me being so isolated in myself, not being willing to trust, not being willing to go deep. And so it all was in me and it manifested itself into anger issues. I was so upset, but I also didn't have like the vocabulary on how to express myself. I was like, I'm genuinely so angry and I'm so hurt and I'm so bitter. And all I know how to do is just be mean and and be secluded. And I know like I need a hug and I want a hug and I want to shed a little tear, but I'm like, but I don't trust nobody. So it's just me, myself and I, I'll cry with myself. And that's how I lived so much of my life but still also like wanting to be cool like every kid does. And so like I'm trying to put my identity in all of these other things so that people would think I was cool, even though at the same time I didn't want friends. It just was an absolute mess. Um, and that is how my life was going. And then I moved, when I moved to Arkansas, Southern hospitality, everybody's just nice. And so it's like crazy culture shock because I'm like, okay, I'm from big city, mind your business. And now I got all these people who are like, I want to be friends and let's like go hang out and let's like be so nice. And I want to be all up in your business. And I'm like, no, I need, you don't understand. Like I have a hard heart and I don't want to make friends and I don't want to hang out with you and all of these things. But I remember there was a girl that was in high school with me and she was so determined to be my friend. And I was like, what can I do to get this girl to leave me alone? Like, I was mean, and she never seemed to get her feelings hurt. Like, she was always just so happy, so smiley. And there, she kept asking me to go to church with her. And I'm like, I don't want to go to church with you. I don't want to do anything with you. And she kept being, like, persistent. And I was like, okay, well, maybe if I go to church with her and she finds out that I don't like it, she will leave me alone because she wants me to be, like, her Christian friend, and I don't have that going on with me. Anyway, so I go to church, and it's a Christmas service, but one thing about me, I may have been angry, but I love Christmas. I mean, like, an elf, like, I'm an elf-level status Christmas lover. And so I'm like, okay, I can compromise on the Christmas service, because I'm sure they have, like, decorations, and I vibe with decorations. So I go, and I remember getting so encountered with the love of God. And I'm sitting there in this room, and um, when I was younger, I lost my great-grandmother on Christmas Day. But she loved Christmas, and I remember they played her favorite Christmas song. Is that O Come, O Come, Emmanuel song? And I'm like violently weeping in my seat because I felt how intentional and how personal God was. Like it literally felt like he put his finger on me in the crowd. And I, it was so, I don't even know how to describe it. I'm almost getting swept up up here. Anyways, um, but that's when I decided that I wanted to try to go to church. And so then I went to like the youth stuff. And I remember there was one day um, they had like this little breakout session and it was about like father wounds. And I was like, I don't think I'm ever gonna be able to heal from this one. It just sucks. And I'm there and this woman is telling her testimony. And I mean, it's like 
a thousand times worse than mine. Like, I'm in this seat, and I'm like, wow, if she can forgive, if she can forgive and have joy in her forgiving of her father, maybe I can forgive and have a little joy for myself. And I remember texting my mom, and I was like, you know what? I give over this burden that I've been carrying from my earthly father over to my heavenly father. And I have no idea what that means, but I'm willing to go on the journey to figure it out. Cool? So all the while in the process, got saved, super happy. The one thing that stuck to me, though, because I immediately assumed that once I got saved, all my problems would fall away because that's what we do. We're like, okay, yeah, I'm at camp and I got saved, and I feel the Lord, and I'm going to go home, and everything that I was worried about, everything that I was stressed about is going to be gone because I'm saved, and I'm with the Lord now, and that is just not what happens. And so I realized that in me, I had this um, perfectionism, performance thing that still latched on to me. And so when I got saved, when I tell you, I was at youth everything. Like, I was waking up every day, reading the Bible. At The church was open. I was there. I was there before the doors opened. I volunteered to open the doors. I will unlock the doors for the church. And I realized that I was doing things for God and not with God, and so I wasn't able to grasp onto his heart for what I was doing. And so that's something that I've even been having to navigate in and of myself. I literally was talking to my mom the other day, and I came in town Tuesday night for camp, and there was just so many things that had to like pivot, where I realized immediately the Lord put me in a spot where I knew that anything that happened this week was not because of me. Like it was not out of my power. It was not out of my mind. It was not out of my great ideas. Like it literally was like, God, if you don't show up, it's not happening. Just a tidbit to let you know that even when things are going good, Old stuff will still try to creep up, but just ask the Lord to help you to put you in a spot where it's not me who gets the glory, and I don't miss it. Like, I don't want to miss this time with you guys. And I remember asking the Lord, like, Lord, like, I don't want to get swept up in getting all of the tasks and things done that I miss what your spirit is doing. Just to let you know that even if you heal, the enemy is still going to try to sideswipe you. And that's okay, because you will crush him. Um, and in that, I want to let all of my perfectionist, performance-based people know that there is nothing that you can do to gain more love from God. The thing you have to realize, though, is what happens when, when we feel like, oh, like I'm not really feeling loved by God right now. Chances are you're standing in your own way, and you're not receiving it. Because the love is there, the love is available, but if we're not being willing to receive it, then we don't have it. But it's in human nature to blame someone else and say, no, like God isn't pouring something out, but he's been pouring it out. He was pouring it out on you when he created the heavens and the earth, but it's our responsibility to say, Jesus, fill me. Fill me with your love. Just a reminder. Anyways, so yeah, I'm going to speak on identity. 
Um, I feel like sometimes the identity topic can feel so cheesy where it's like, we're just gonna sit in a kumbaya circle and receive love from Abba, which is great. Love it. But I am not here to pump you up on like fun things of like God loves you and you're pretty and you're beautiful. Like when you look in the mirror, like he's looking at you and saying you're so pretty. No, like when you look in the mirror, he's saying you are fierce and you are mighty and you are here on purpose by a purpose. And so my goal is to get you to see that and not just the fluffy things. Does that make sense? Okay, because from what I'm understanding in Gen Z, we don't need more fluff, right? Okay, every day we wake up and we enter into warfare, okay? So I, my goal, is to help everybody to understand that we are all fierce warriors. Cool? Okay, so what does the Bible say about us? <laughs> that was funny. Um, 1 Peter 2.9, it says, You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood. Genesis 1.27 says, God created us in his image. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. I'm just going to put a pin in it right here. If you are saved, you are new. If you are saved, you are new. It does not matter. God does not look at you and say, oh, no, not new enough. You're not saved enough. You're not doing good enough. He looks at you with fire in his eyes and says, my son, my daughter, I love you. Cool. Romans 8, 1 says, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Weren't those nice Bible verses? These verses mean nothing if you don't meet it with faith that it's true. The word means nothing if you don't partner in faith and believe it in faith. You can read the Bible up and down, round and round, every day. But if you don't have faith that this is a living word that applies to you, it's not going to stick. It's not going to stick at all. And then you're going to be wondering, and that's how so many people get caught up in unbelief, because they have no faith. They have no faith to believe the word. Cool. Okay. In Romans 8, 12 through 17, you can flip to it if you want, highlight it. I don't know. Up to you. Um, in my Bible, the little section header for it says, heirs with Christ. Um, and it's basically just saying, I'll just read it. Verse 15, it says, for you do not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you've received the spirit of adoption as sons whom we cry, Abba, Father. When you accept Jesus, you are no longer a slave. You are a son. For all the girl baddies in here, son still applies to you. It's just a word that's in the Bible so that we can catch the image of like king and prince, right? So king is out. If the king steps out of office, the prince is next, right? The heir to the throne. Does that make sense? 
So this still applies to us guys and girls. Cool. But I want to highlight this really quick. It's not slavery to slavery. We are not going from being slaves to the world to being like indentured servant slaves to God. Like this is, this is actually an invitation into sonship. This is actually an invitation to grab on to your inheritance and to really start to act like it. You know what I mean? Like you see the Queen of England up there doing her thing, which y'all, sometimes I still wonder, like she is still queen. Like she, she is holding on. Anyways, but you see her and you see her duties. You see that she's royalty and there's a way that she carries herself that matches with the office that she's in. Does that make sense? So when we get saved and we acknowledge the fact that we have this invitation into being a part of a royal priesthood, into being sons and daughters, there's something that should change in the way that we act, right? When we enter in to being sons and daughters in a part of a royal priesthood, there is something that should change in the way that we act. There should be a shift, you guys. You can't just carry yourself the same anymore. It's different. And I think that that's the issue that we have in this prosperity gospel that says you, you don't have to become different. You don't have to become changed. You don't have to acknowledge the part that you are set apart for the glory of God. Like the, this, this is our invitation. And so if that's the case, we can't get caught up in social media trying to look like somebody else. We need to get caught up in the Bible trying to look like God. That was kind of good. I'm going to be honest. That really slipped right out. <laughs> but, like, does, does that make sense? Are y'all still with me? There has to be a shift. And I feel like it's, it's so easy, but, Chloe, but you don't know. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know what my life's like. You don't know what I struggle with. You don't know what I'm about to get back on the plane to face. You don't know what I'm about to hop in the car and face after this camp is over. It does not matter. The invitation is still the same. And if it wasn't, there'd be something on the front of the Bible that says, don't pick up if you have X, Y, Z issues. The word is for everybody. This mandate is for everybody. And when we go to the unreached in the villages, we're giving them this same invitation to be a part of a royal priesthood. Cool. I am. I'm recording it for my mom. Um, but yeah, so just the other part of this, verse 17, it says, if children, then heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with, suffer with him in order that we may be glorified with him. Life's going to be hard as a Christian. Whoa. We're going to struggle. We're going to have hardships, but count it all joy. Count it all as joy. I remember I was reading, it's, I promise it's in the Bible, maybe Google it. But it's a part where there's Moses and they're about to go to the Red Sea and they're carrying, um, 
They're carrying the Ark of the Covenant, and the Red Sea splits open, and while they're in the Red Sea, it changes to the Ark of the Testimony. And then they get back to the other side, and then it changes back into the Ark of the Covenant. Your testimony, what the Lord is doing in your life, is a covenant promise to your family and for the generations to come that the breakthrough that you receive is not just for you, but it's for your kids, and it could be for your parents. I've watched my family change from my yes. My family has completely shifted from my yes. That can happen, but it's, it has also been my yes to roughing it in the thick of it, crying the tears, fighting for the breakthrough, going on paths by myself because it wasn't the most popular thing to do. But the reward, y'all, it's so much greater Lock in on what the Bible says about you. Yes, we can pray and ask God, Lord, am I your special little flower? And he'll say, you're my special little flower. But what the word says right now, while you're waiting and praying for you to get your special specifics, the word says we're all a part of a royal priesthood. The word says that I have an inheritance in the kingdom of God. And so while I wait for God to say I'm his special little flower, I can really activate on the fact that I'm a part of a royal priesthood. And so can all of you. Okay, cool. Also, just a little tidbit. Not as much on identity, just but I thought it was important while we're in Romans 8. Um, Romans 8, 31 through... 33. I'm just going to read it. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring charge against God's elect? Let's make sure everybody's been paying attention. Who is God's elect? Y'all, yes. Okay, here's the thing. When I was reading this a while ago, I felt like the Lord asked me to look up the difference between sparing something and giving something. And the reality of the situation is, is we spare with hesitancy. Like somebody comes up to you and is like, hey, can you spare a dollar? And you're like, eh, I was going to use this dollar for my Starbucks, but it seems like the right thing to do. And you freely giving, seeing somebody in need and saying, hey, you look like you need a dollar. Let me give it to you. That's the difference. God gave his son with joy. He didn't spare with hesitation. And he did that so you can walk in freedom and in breakthrough and in the fullness of your identity. Cool, 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 cool. Y'all are really encouraging. Okay. Can I get real with you guys for a little bit? Okay, we're just going to talk about some of the things that hold us back from hearing God's voice. And I remember when I was sitting with the Lord this morning, and I was like, man, God, these are like really direct, you know? But I believe in you guys, and just bear with me, okay? Um, First thing that keeps us from hearing God's voice. You low-key don't want to hear what he has to say. 
you don't want to hear what he has to say. You don't want to hear him say, I'm calling you higher. You don't want to hear him say, I'm calling you out of addiction. Like, it, it's the real thing where you're like, oh, but I'm comfortable. It's comfortability. And I, um, Isaiah 42 talks about how the man that um, sees but doesn't observe and the man that has, whose ears are open but doesn't hear. So a lot of times you're like, God isn't speaking to me. He didn't speak what you wanted him to say. It wasn't what you wanted to hear. And so you labeled it as him not speaking. And that's not true. And I'm just here to challenge you guys because I was just talking to Savannah about this in the back. Like, some of y'all are like 10 years younger than me. And I was like, whoa. But y'all are going to be leading my kids. And so I'm trying to challenge you guys so my kids are in good hands. All right? Okay. All righty. Um, another thing that keeps us from hearing God's voice is comparison. Yep. Comparison. We all know it. Somebody has the shoes you want, you don't have them. All of a sudden, God's telling you you're worthy and he loves you and it just doesn't matter. What the heck? That sucks. How many times do we literally spit in God's face while he's pouring out his love and we're like, oh, yeah, but do you really love me? Because I don't like, and I it was a real question that I had for him. I'm like, God, do you really love me? Because if you love me, I would have my dad. Yeah. I mean, like throat punches to the Lord, just like in his face. And it's so like dishonoring and I couldn't even see what God was doing in my life. Y'all, a few years later, I met my dad on Facebook. I'm just being honest. I met this man on Facebook and I said, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you spared me. Okay. Because I don't think that I would, I could be here with you guys, but I don't think so. Y'all. Um, but it's so easy to think that you would have been better off with something else. You'd be better off with someone else. You'd be better off with different parents. And I'm not trying to take away from somebody's home life. I'm just saying, man, what is God doing? Open your eyes to what God is doing. Like, Lord, sweep us up. Give us the eyes to see so that we don't miss it. I don't want y'all to miss it, you guys. Man, I missed it for so many years of my life just because I wanted to be bitter. That's the biggest waste of time. My dad's out here living his life, minding his own business. And I sat bitter, stagnant. You got to ask yourself, is there an area where you're so caught up in comparison that it's keeping you away from the Lord? Keeping you away from what the Lord has for you? And you got to lay that stuff down. I don't care what it is. It's not worth your time. There is so many more things that the Lord wants to pour out. Honestly, y'all, if y'all ever just like want identity encouragement, just go to Romans 8. I'm just going to read something else. Um, verse 6, it says, For to set the mind on flesh is death, but to set the mind on spirit is life and peace. It still flows with comparison. Are you setting your mind on the things of this world? Because if you are, it's death. And what you're searching for that high that you're searching for, that love and peace that you're searching for, it's all empty. Five minutes of feeling good, is it worth it? No, it's not. Set your eyes on the Lord. Like, would we be a group of people who say, Lord, I'm locking eyes with you and I'm never looking away? 
Everything else will fall by the wayside. Everything else will work itself out as long as we keep our eyes on the king. Cool. Okay. Bear with me. Another thing that holds us back from hearing God's voice is self-hatred. Self-hatred. Hear me out. A lot of times when we self-loathe and when we get caught up in self-hatred, your bestie can come and be like, I think you're the best person to walk the world ever in life. And you're still just like, no, I'm not. If you can't believe your bestie, you're not even going to believe the Lord when he's trying to tell you that I love you and I chose you, that I've known you forever, always, that I was excited for you to be born, that I've been excited to see your breakthrough. We got to nip this stuff in the bud. I just want us to get honest. I want this to be a place where we can be honest and lay all this crap down. I hope I can say crap. I'm sorry for saying crap. I'm sorry. But it's just dirt, garbage. We got to get rid of this stuff. And I wish when I got saved that somebody sat with me extra super duper honest and said, hey, let's get this stuff figured out so it doesn't take this long. I want y'all to receive the breakthrough that I've gotten earlier than I got it. Cool. Cool. The last thing that keeps us from hearing God's voice is lack of familiarity with what he sounds like. Does that make sense? I'm going to explain it just a little more. Our generation is biblically illiterate. <laughs> I love you guys, but we got to get in this thing. Okay? The reason why we're so shaky is because our understanding of God's voice came through somebody else. So now, like, we're expecting for somebody else to carry us through, but y'all are going to leave us. Camp is going to be over. Y'all are going to go home, and we're not going to be there every day to tell you the revelation that we got from the Lord. And even if we were, it still wouldn't be good enough. It's so hard to hear and understand somebody that you don't know. If you don't know what he sounds like, if you're not getting in the word, if you're not reading, he can speak you, to you something clear as day. And you would have thought that it was your good idea and not him because you don't know who he is. Y'all are great. Thanks for bearing with me. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. Thank you guys so, so much. Um, but, yeah. I would say, let's get in the word. I mean, eat it up every day, daily bread. Very important. Because one day, I'm believing that y'all are going to go and probably be in a village somewhere in some random nation, and all you're going to have is this right here to sustain you and to sustain your spirit, and to sustain your mind. This, this is it. This gets final say. 
when we pray into anything, if I'm like praying, I'm trying to hear God's voice on something, and I feel like he's speaking something, I will always fact check it up against the Bible. Because if it doesn't sound like his character, it probably was just my flesh whispering something cool. But I actually just felt like we were supposed to take some time to pray. Um, and to pray for the things that get in our way of hearing the Lord. If any of those things like really stuck out to you, let's just nip it today, right now. What do you think? Like, there's no point of leaving this tent with the same baggage, with the same hindrances, with the same issues. Like, don't y'all want everything that you receive from the rest of camp to, like, actually sink in? Okay. This is actually pretty um, spontaneous, but we're just going to have a ministry time. Surprise camp counselors and all of our leadership team. We're going to have a ministry time, and we're just going to pray all this junk away. Do we have, Alex, do we have some worship music? Okay, cool. Um, Camp counselors, if you just want to spread out around the room, um, and we're just going to play some worship music. If there's anything that comes up in your heart where you're like, I have to get rid of this. This is holding me back. Go to them and get some prayer. I will pray right now, and then you are free to disperse. God, we love you. Holy Spirit, we welcome you into this tent. Lord, I just pray that you would put your finger on the areas of our heart that are keeping us from hearing you, Lord. I pray that you would highlight them, and I just expose shame right now in the name of Jesus. Anything that would hold us back from leaning on our peers, anything that would hold us back from getting prayer, I just call it a lie, and I send it straight back to the pits of hell where it came from, God. And so I just pray freedom over this room, Lord. I pray breakthrough over this room, God. We want to see your face. We want to see your face. We want to see the man, Jesus. We want to see you high and lifted up, God. So for that to happen, Lord, we lay down all of our hindrances that keep us from meeting you. Amen.